professional disorganisation presents the Disorbcast. Hello and welcome to a rather delayed Disorbcast. I've been trying to get these together, get them back up and running, and it's just taking a bit longer than I thought. It's Edinburgh Festival time, which means Edinburgh is full of the Book Festival, the Fringe Festival, and all sorts of other bits and pieces of festival things. This does mean it's not safe to wander around the streets of Edinburgh anymore. Oh no, the people with the flyers are out. Like the chugger, they'll spot you and you can walk away, but oh no, they'll follow you, they'll give you a flyer. You have to go to their show. You must go to their show. Yes, You could be walking up the mile with a chainsaw, carving people up, and they'd still try and give you a flyer. That's how bad they are. A good friend of mine wanted to do what he regularly does, which is go and get some decent scran at the Moss Kitchen. Sadly, the experience was to prove deeply disappointing. This is what he said. There's some walloper singing in the Moss Kitchen, and a flurry of roasters in unacceptable hats braying in the middle of the street outside. That is the dark side of the festival, and that's what no one should have to endure. On a similar level, this is like when you're at a party, and some bearded hipster dickhead has turned up, and they've brought an acoustic guitar, and they start doing shit like this. Trees. Bushes. Nature. Don't cut them down. Or some other pish that no one wants to fucking hear. As with all things, there's good and bad. And some of the bad ones, oh, Jesus. I remember turning up with a friend. They were doing one of those showcase shows so they'll be performing for about 10, 15 minutes to give a flavour of their show to try and and encourage people to come along and see it. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon or some such time. And the previous show was still on when we went in. It was a free friend show. And that shouldn't matter at all because the free friend shows are quite good and quite often a lot better than some of the piss you can pay for. But when we'd gone in, there was this pensioner, lesbian woman, and she was just, there was a pensioner doing her own show, which was telling stories from her dreadful self published book about her and her partner at the theatre. I was trying to open my sweeties. But part of the problem was the packet wouldn't open and it was making such a rustling sound. I'm trying to open it quietly but it rustled and people would turn round and look at me and a few of them shushed me as well. So I thought, right, this is it. I'm going to get these sweeties. So I pulled them open and they went all flying up in the air like a rainbow shower of sweeties all over the row in front. Then she proceeded to tell an even worse story about her cat that was so boring I cannot remember it. She honestly thought people wanted to hear that crap? Okay, you're listening to this, but the likelihood of you listening to this means you probably know me and you probably feel sorry for me. So, that's your own fault. One day during the Fringe, we took the kids over to see a show specifically for them. It was about half past ten in the morning, and the guy doing it was hungover. Really badly hungover. I like dad jokes. Terrible jokes. I love puns. So when your kids tell you that you're funnier than another performer, it's something that doesn't happen. It's like Scotland winning the World Cup. I remember going out from that show. The guy, hungover, 
Looked like he's about to puke in his bucket. Hoping that all the parents are going to feel guilty then to throw in some money in. Despite the fact he is so hungover. He's looking us in the eye. His eyes are saying, I'm sorry, I'm really hungover. Please give me money. I need this to eat. I need this to eat, please. Please. Oh, the thought of food, I'm going to puke in my bucket. After that, the kids have said, you could do better than that. And I thought, well, I suppose I've got plenty of material. How much of it's actually funny is up for debate. Our youngest, he sits and watches a lot of YouTube, comes out with facts about stuff, just wanders through, says, did you know in Mario, blah, 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 or worse, he'll come through and bang on about some meme he's seen. But I'm not entirely sure he quite gets memes properly or the concept of them. Because we were sitting watching Into the Spider-Verse the other night and he, he suddenly pointed out, That's a meme! And it's like, that's not a meme. That may have inspired one, but it's not a meme. But it's a meme! Oh. We've had to ban the use of the word literally. Because literally, every time he talks, he uses the word literally, incorrectly. He's been told what it means, why he should, shouldn't use it, and in what circumstances he should use it. But no, it's a bad habit he's got into, and he keeps doing it now. Occasionally, though, you'll wander through with some false facts. Dolphins literally don't like salami because it's poisonous to them. While trying not to laugh, you do think, where has he got this shite from? I'm going to have to check this, because if it, is, it turns out to be true, now I think it's total shite, but if this does turn out to be true, he's going to pick me up on it, and it's not going to look very good. He's going to start doubting all the facts I give him in the future. He's going to say, ah, but YouTube says this, and you were wrong, I googled it and it said that. So, yeah, got to be careful with these things. I had great fun. A quick Google. Is salami poisonous too? The autofills come up with dogs and cats. I'm thinking, this is going to add a great autofill to this one. Is salami poisonous to dolphins? And what ends up coming up instead, is it turns out, it doesn't actually tell you if it's poisonous to them or not, probably isn't. But it does warn you that dolphin meat is full of mercury. But I'm going to avoid going off on a tangent about that, because it's a bit of a heavy subject. I do worry about what our youngest watches on YouTube. A lot of the time it's just watching other people playing computer games, you know, and it's not that different to our day, except he's on his own in a room with no one else watching somebody playing computer games or watching a live stream of other people. Whereas in our day, we're all crowded around a 12, 13 inch TV watching, you know, there's about three, four, three, four five of you watching one person either writing programs or playing games. If your kid is a Nintendo Switch, or an Xbox, or anything, they've all got YouTube apps on them. You can try and content control some of the YouTube stuff, and that's fine. And he can certainly watch games. What happens if he starts watching David Icke? I used to listen to David Icke's podcast for a laugh. I had to stop listening to that podcast because it was giving me a headache. I can't listen to this anymore, because what I thought was funny, these people seriously believe, and it hurts. I mean, one of the kids in, in the youngest class believed in Flat Earth. Because they'd seen a video on YouTube and believed in flat earth theory. Our youngest is so driven by science. He had a go at his head teacher because the head teacher said, Ah, this child's allowed to believe in these things. And our youngest was, No, he's not allowed to believe in it. That's not real. Science is showing that the earth is a globe. This is rubbish. Why are you letting him believe rubbish? So yeah, YouTube, children. It's very difficult to keep tabs on them all the time. So what do you do? 
No doubt we'll find out in about 20 years' time what the damage is. But for now, this has been the Disorgcast. You have been listening to the Disorgcast. You can subscribe via iTunes or listen via disorgcast.podbean.com. You can also visit our website, professionaldisorganisation.com. 